0: If you could just stand up, everybody, just for a few more minutes. Are y'all ready for the word today? Well, praise the Lord. I am, I am as well, but I want to introduce this wonderful man of God that's going to be with us. Um, I've, told y'all, I've told y'all a little bit before. I was born again on a Friday night. Jesus brought me to himself, and my mother led me to him, and then... Um, The next day I started going, or two days later, I started going to a a Pentecostal church. And so I never heard anything good about Baptists. And what I mean is I didn't hear anything bad. I just heard, like, you know, they were dead or something like that. Hello. (laughs) It was always like a negative testimony. And I'm like, wow, man, I, I wonder what's wrong with the Baptists, right? I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm giving you some history, my, my mindset. Well, I didn't know when I met this beautiful woman here that her entire family was Baptist, so I learned right quick, yes. there wasn't nothing yes. wrong with the Baptists. <laughs> glory to God. They was blessed and highly favored, amen, somebody. But any, anyway, I met her family, and one of the, the first encounters that I had with a true man of God that was a Baptist was Dr. Eliu Camacho. And I remember sitting down with him having conversation, and one of the first things he said to me was, You know, I always have this little notepad next to me on my bed, just in case the Lord wakes me up to speak to me. And I said, "I thought you were Baptist." (laughs) I didn't say that to him, but I thought it. I was like, "Hold on, the Lord speak to you." I didn't know that though. Anyway, (laughs) he did that. He did our wedding. That's when I met him. And then after the wedding, two weeks later, her um, aunt died. It was your aunt, right? Her aunt passed away. And so the first time I got to hear him preach was at a funeral. This brother was on fire at a funeral. And I'm thinking, I thought he was a Baptist. The point is, I want you to understand that he was used by God in such an amazing way to liberate me from every stereotype that has ever been. And I learned that, that those negative testimonies, they were just negative and wrong. Amen. And I and and I my my wife I always joke with her and stuff like that, but in all sincerity, I told you this is you know, I tell you about Pastor Jeffries, he's my second favorite Baptist. This is my first favorite Baptist. I love him and I want you to welcome him, Dr. Eliu Camacho.
1: I'm home. I feel like I'm home. Ah, oh, let's just before you sit down, let's read the word. Yes. If you look in the book of Acts, I'm going to read a story. And then we're going to talk about this story and we're going to apply it to our lives and to the life of this church. I, I make the introduction later on, but I just want to get to the church. I mean, to the scripture while you're standing in reverence to his word. Acts chapter 9, verses 31 through 46. Uh, 43. Acts 9, 31 through 43. Amen? Then the church throughout. Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoy a time of peace and was strengthened living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda, There he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter, said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned To the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urging him, "Please come at once." Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows stood around him. All the widows, I'm sorry, all the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes. (laughs) And seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. May the Lord bless this, the reading of his word. Please be seated. When I say I feel at home, that's what I mean. And it's amazing. I've been involved with a uh, project with the Billy Graham Association. And that project has taken me all over this United States. Almost every state. I've been giving seminars, I've been teaching, I've been talking, more talking than anything else. I've been preaching to people that I don't know. To people that are, sometimes even the pastor, I don't know. He invited me because my name is associated with the association Billy Graham, so I must be a good preacher. That's what he thinks. Then he finds out differently after I start (laughs) preaching. But they don't know me. So they invite me there. I don't know anybody. Yet, after a worship like this, (laughs) I get up in that pulpit and I feel like I'm home. (laughs) Because if you notice what we just read, we're talking about multiple churches. Yet, the Bible, look, as it writes, refers to it as the church the church what he's talking about baptist and pentecostal and all that's us that's us and we have to get in a mindset that is the church Amen. it's one church yes. we cannot have multiple heads right. or multiple bodies with one head we're going to have one church in fact, it is scriptural to say one church, one faith, one baptism. So I'm so glad to be here because I am at the church. <laughs> <laughs> and this is family. Yes, amen. I feel at home. I've been struggling after a seminar for the last two days. I said, I'm going to talk to that church I'm going to tell him how to grow. Man, I'm telling you, I'm ready, ready to go. But then praying, about it, the Lord said to me, "Eliu, hey, shut up. You're going to preach there when I'm going to tell you to preach. Yeah? I've been in prayer. And I believe that because we are his church, each one of us that have had an experience with him, then once in a while he needs to talk to us individually. Yes, collectively we will hear it, but it's that message that he gives you and I, and we grasp it in our intellect and grasp it in our heart and grasp it in our soul and grasp it in our spirit, that causes us to move on as the children of God. So because of that, I was looking for a man. I was looking for a person. I was looking for someone that we can talk about, that will reveal to us where we ought to be. And then I came up with, uh, with a title, because every sermon ought to have a title, and you know... That a Baptist had to have a title for every sermon. (laughs) So here it goes. You ready? A life blessed by God... And encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Now I'm asking you today... If you're a member of this church... If you're attending this church for any length of time... Would you like to be a blessed person encouraged (laughs) encouraged by the Holy Spirit? And then you say, yes, okay, you're talking to these people now. You're not talking to me because I'm just visiting here. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I understand that too. You see... When I was a child, my father was a Baptist preacher. And I used to go to church. I knew a lot of verses. I knew a lot of uh, uh, songs. Uh, Jesus loves me and all those. Uh, I mean, let's face it. uh, My father would put us up there and I would recite uh, Psalm 1 or the 23rd Psalm. And then he would give us a quarter for every... Actually, it was five cents for, (laughs) for every verse that we memorize and all that and I memorized a lot of the Bible then because I wanted to go to the movies and I needed at that time 15 cents is there a theater today that you can go to see the movies for 15 cents that's my age but at that time I would sit there and I would hear him preach and I hear all these preachers that he brought about Uh, some things I get it sometimes. I don't know what they're talking about. But at the age of 12. How many 12-year-olds here? Come on. Raise your hand. (laughs) Okay, how many 12 or over? (laughs) My dad invited a preacher. And the preacher started talking by saying, I'm a son of a Baptist preacher. And I was sitting there, and I said, me too. <laughs> and then, then he said, and I thought that I had a maid. I had good connections. And I said, me too. My father a preacher, my mother a missionary. Man, I, I got a maid. Got good connections. But then he said something that struck in that young heart and mind. He said, One day, I realized that the connection that my father, my mother, and my uh, brothers and sisters had with God was through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I realized that the connection that I had with God was through mom and dad and my brothers and sisters, not through Christ. Christ. So I was a fine, religious young boy. But I needed to establish a connection with God, not only through my family, but through Christ who died for me. When he said that, I started shaking there, and I said, oops, I haven't gone there. Now, I'm 12 years old now. And I'm thinking that this guy has something in that statement that I didn't have. So at that moment, when I was shaking, I don't remember what else he preached about. And you know what? I don't care. <laughs> he already had said to me what I needed to hear. And at that moment, when, my father, when he started giving the invitation, my father was sitting here. In Baptist, we see the preachers up here. He was sitting here. He invites, make an invitation. I was the first one in. My father came from here to pray with me. And at that moment, he has so much. He had talked to me so much about Christ. Yet at that moment, he says, Elio, what's up? I said that the relationship that I have with God is through you and I want to have it through Christ. And with tears in his eyes he led me in a prayer where I became a Christian. I was a child of God for sure. I was a creature. But at that moment I became son of God. At that moment I became part of this family. <laughs> you see, when we start looking at a blessed life that has been encouraged by the Holy Spirit, things start happening. The life begins to be marked by different things that actually we become branded. You know how it is. You know what a branded being branded means. Being branded means that if you have a herd of, is it called herd of cows? Yeah, a herd. And you see them walking around with a big W here, that means that they belong to the W ranch. Well, we want to be marked with a big C, the Christian ranch. <laughs> and you are marked. And you become Different. And the world would see you different. And the world will look at you and look for you for direction in their lives. Now, after 12 years old, I'm sorry to now. (laughs) It's been a, a lot. 21 years in the army and so many years in ministry. A lot of ups and downs. A lot of sliding. Yes. Yes. A lot of rescue. But through it all, he's been there. To this point. Now let's look at this life. First I want you to look at, I hope you leave your Bible open because it needs to be open. That's what we're going to be preaching about. That was all the introduction. Now we're going to preach. (laughs) Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoy a time of peace. That's important. When the church is at peace, that means that the Holy Spirit is working in the life of every believer. And was strengthened. It was becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. We're talking about the early church here. And we're talking about the church of Faith Dome Fellowship. Of Fellowship. When we are at peace. And we become strengthened. Living in reverence of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. And encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Then we can increase in number. Now we've been talking about church growth in the last two days. But today we're going to learn that in order to grow a church, each member, each person that is involved in that church has to be blessed and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And a person that is blessed and encouraged by the Holy Spirit first is a life marked by ministry. If you are in the church and I notice I noticed all the announcements, this church encourages people to look for ways where you can minister. There are supposed to be no spectators in the Christian church. No spectators. We don't have a big show here for you to come and enjoy every Sunday. No. You are participating in worship when we come here on Sunday so that you'll be ready for ministry when you leave this place. When you go through those doors going out, your life ought to be transformed because you have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and encouraged to go on and do whatever it is that he wants you to do. Is marked by ministry. You notice Peter was a go-getter. Peter was a a person. Sometimes I identify with him because sometimes he talked. He used to talk out of turn. In conversations with Jesus, he would put his foot in his mouth. I do that all the time. But at that time. When Jesus was being crucified, Peter had an encounter. When he denied the Christ, he had an encounter because he saw the look in Jesus' face, a look of compassion towards him. And at that moment, he changed. At that moment, he became a leader of the church. And now we see him here, marked with a mart of ministry. He's going through the churches. He's going from church to church. He's traveling. But then, with a purpose. With a purpose. I remember there was a man in, in the metropolitan area in San Juan. In Bayamon, to be exact. For some of you that may know that place that was born with shortened legs and all twisted legs. He couldn't walk. He couldn't stand. His father made him a little cart with four wheels that he would, uh, with his hands, move left and right and up and down and do all that. When John grew, met Christ in his little cart. He became a fine cobbler. Do you know what a cobbler is? A shoe repairman. He was a shoe repairman. In a, in a street that was called Millones in Bayamon. You know what it is, right? Some of you. He used to fix shoes. But the people noticed that when he fixed shoes, he not only fixed them, he will shine them for you. He was a different cobbler. So they knew that they could be on the way to wear the the shoes. (laughs) I mean, on the way to some event, because the shoes would be clean. That's a different cobbler. But that's not all. God gave him a gift to play the guitar. And gave him a tenor voice. Now, when he was sitting on that little cart, he was about this tall. Churches would invite him. That guy, when you look at him, when he first get up there, they put a ramp and he comes in. He looked like nothing. Yet all of a sudden, he had a powerful voice. He would start giving his testimony. Then he make a stroll in the the guitar. Then he starts singing. Praises to God. And you worship. You forget that this guy cannot walk. Because he was marked. Marked. By ministry. So don't tell me. Oh but I'm. My pain here. My pain there. Or I'm so old. And I'm this. And I'm the other. There is a ministry for you. In the church of Christ. There is a ministry for you in this church. So, a life blessed by God, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, is a life marked by ministry. But it's also a life marked by humility. Now, notice. Peter, who is very famous about, you know, within the church, he goes there and he saw this guy, Aeneas. Aeneas, (laughs) Aeneas, <laughs> in Spanish. Aeneas. There was, there was a kind of situation that Peter could have had pride. You remember when Jesus used to tell the, the person that was laying there by the, by the lake and gave him told him, go ahead, get in the water. With his authority, Peter didn't have that authority. In this case, what Peter thought was, let me appeal to the authority, the authority of my Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, the Lord Jesus Christ heals you. Now we, while in ministry, must remember that the power that we have, The authority that we have is only ours when it's given by the Lord Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit, that we cannot take credit for anything that we do. The moment that we start getting credit for whatever the Lord is doing, it's a sin. We're getting away from God. The more that we do it, the farther away we get from God, and then we are on our own. And on our own, there's nothing going to be done. I don't care how much effort you put into a church. I don't care how much effort you put into your ministry. It's not going to happen. The glory goes to God. The glory goes to God. So a life blessed by God and encouraged by the Holy Spirit is marked by humility. We have to decrease that he may increase. That's what John said. We have to deny ourselves. (laughs) You know what deny ourselves is? You have to die. We were talking about growing that the seed would have to die. Well, if we are seeds, we have to die so that a plant can come up, so we can grow in faith with him. Jesus the Christ heals you Were his word. And sure enough, This guy got up and walked. But you see, a life blessed by God and encouraged by the Holy Spirit is also a life marked by uh, availability. Uh, (laughs) Let's let's stay there for a little while. This guy here is in Lydda. Something else is happening in Joppa. While he's here, Something else is happening there. A disciple named Dorcas or Tabitha died. It's a little town, another little town. It's like saying from here to Castleberry or from here to Sanford. How many people from Sanford? Yeah, how many people from Castleberry? You see what I mean? Right there. Well, they knew that Peter was in town In Lyra, when Tabitha died, they washed her, they put her in an upper room in that house, and then they sent two men to get Peter. Peter had to be available. By being available to heal Aeneas, he was available to go to the next town. Now, he could have said... No, I'm sorry, I'm too busy on this. I, I got the, the organization of this church that I'm working with. Uh, the, 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 I'm too busy here. There's enough believers here. I cannot be moving around. Hello. Do you realize that the people that God calls are busy people? We have to become available. Once we receive Christ, once we become believers, if we want to be blessed and if we want to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit, then we need to be available for him to do so. We need for him to be able to work through us to do ministry. We have to humble ourselves to the point that he can can use us as his will. Because he created you with something special that nobody else has. Did you know that? We are special. I was telling the group here in the last two days and I mentioned in both days on purpose. And I was telling the leadership of this church, you are like a in, uh, like a piece on a puzzle. You each of you you are a piece on a puzzle. You know, puzzle, is that, am I, am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes I have to check myself here. You remember those puzzles that we used to make when we were little kids? We don't want to like to make them anymore because then they say that we are immature. I'm going to tell you they're a challenge still, especially if they're 500 pieces. I have 12 grandchildren, I have to do some of them with them. But we notice that if one of those pieces is not there, that picture is not complete. If you're not here, this picture is not complete. That's what this church is encouraging you to be here, to learn here, to grow with them. That you may be part of that beautiful picture. Uh, You might be part of the blue in the picture. You know, a whole bunch of blues. (laughs) Those are the worst. (laughs) Yeah, if you're the nose of a horse, it's easy. (laughs) You know where the nose of the horse is going to be, right? (laughs) But if you're blue, it's difficult. That's when you have to make yourself available. (laughs) to be there, to complete the picture. This church cannot do a ministry that is complete unless you are part of that. Now, he goes to Joba. Lo and behold, he finds this woman dead in the upper room and a whole bunch of widows that I call them windows. <laughs> <coughs> it's, it's because of the software that was using. Widows, a lot of widows there. They were crying. They were showing the work of Dorcas's ministry. She was a disciple. She was an available person. She would make clothing for the poor. She was doing her own ministry. Now, how many seamstresses do we have here? That they don't happen anymore. You go to Kmart now, right? She was a sinstress. And she would do tunics for people. For poor people, he says. That's a ministry. Now sometimes we think ministry is preaching the word, singing, playing the thing here, doing all kinds of things here in church. That's part of the ministry. And they, the Lord have called them. And praise God, they called them and they didn't call me to sing. <laughs> But there is a ministry in the parking lot. There is a ministry in the kitchen. There is a ministry with the babies. There is a ministry with the kids. You know, those kids, they have to be taught. So they can grow in the faith. So when they get conscious about their lives they can also make a decision to establish a relationship with God through Christ, not through us. They need that in this church. They're not the church of the future. They are the church of today. Calling the children the church of the future is a mistake. These kids here are the church of today. And they have a work to do here. They need to learn how to work here in this church. While we were there, there was a group of of, uh, of children. Well, there were adolescents. They were try, uh, rehearsing here. They were rehear- I could hear them. In fact, one time I peek. That's what the church ought to be doing: preparing them for ministry. But we have to be available. So, this Peter was available. He, he went over there. He told everyone, Get out of the room. But notice what he did next. <laughs> he went on to his knees. He went on to his knees. He actually prayed because he knew that there's no way that Dorcas is going to be revived unless. The power of God was there with him, unless unless Christ himself would raise her from the dead. And here we go. He started praying, and then he said to her, Dorcas, wake up. She opened her eyes, looked at him, and sat up. Now, I know that if, if all these widows and all these people that were in that house would have been there, there would have been a whole of bunch of yelling. She would probably die again. No wonder Peter told him, get out of the room. This is between the Lord and I. We're going to do this. He's going to inspire me to do this. We don't need any audience here. He's going to get all the glory. He is the one doing this. That's right, that's right. I'm available because I'm just an instrument here. And that's all I'm going to do. But God is doing his work. And he doesn't need an audience right now. Now, would you believe that there were times that God would move in, in Peter's uh, life when there, he needed an audience? When he was preaching the word. The first message. That thousands came. Would you believe that he forgot the invitation? That's Peter. He's just like (laughs) Camacho. Look at it. It's in chapter 3 in Acts. He preached and preached his heart out. And then the people came to him and said. Brothers. What do we must do now? Hello, that should have been at the end of that service. At the end of the sermon, he should have told him what to do. And I'm going to tell you what to do today. Because the Lord has led me to come here. It's not a coincidence that these are my nephew. Nah, no, it's not a coincidence. I think that I'm here because the Lord wanted me here. If he wanted me, wanted me in San Francisco, I would have been there. Believe me, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of places I could be here, I, I could be today. But the Lord saw so fit for me to be here. Amen. And it's not coincidence that you were here. You could have been in many places today. But you chose to come here. It was probably an invitation. Somebody said, hey, we're celebrating the 11th anniversary. Will you show up? You know, help us out. Come on. Be with me. I'm going to tell you, the moment that you say yes, and the moment that you show up, I guarantee you that was the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And God has a purpose for your life. And don't live here without knowing what that purpose is. He can work in your life. Now it could be that there is a a couple that, that one is available and the other one is not. And today God is telling you both of you have to be available. If you want to be blessed, and if you want to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit, then you need to be available. Then, a life blessed by God and encouraged by the Holy Spirit is one marked by dependency. This is why Peter went on his knees. He had to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ. He cannot do it by himself. We cannot do anything by ourselves. We cannot grow this church by ourselves. The only way that this church can grow is when the Holy Spirit encourages us to do so. Listen. Listen to the words that we first read. The church in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Then it says... It increased in numbers. It's when that equation is full. It's when we are noticed because we are in prayer asking him and doing his will in our lives. Individually, doing his will for our lives, then collectively we'll grow. Now, I, I, there, there is a statement here that I want us to, to deal with because it's probably <clears throat> the most important statement here for you and I today. Now, we may not be used by God to heal somebody or to raise somebody from the dead. That might not be our thing. That might not be the thing that he has given us. But he sure has given us some gifts. And this church has a way to teach people to seek God's will for their life. And as you seek God's will for your life, you're going to find what gift he has given you. And you're going to say, I don't even know how to sing. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. If you're available, you're going to find out that there's something that you need to do that nobody else can do it. You can do it better. And that's what this church needs. And that's what you need to be available, to be there. A life blessed by God and encouraged by the Holy Spirit is marked by dependency and is marked by productivity. (laughs) Productivity. Look at verse 42. This became known all over. And many people believed in the Lord. (laughs) You know what I call that? (coughs) Holy gossip. (laughs) Now let me ask you, let me ask you. How many children passed the grade, uh, one grade in May, went to the next grade? Or, or finish the, the, the grade before? How many? How many finish? You did? Did you finish your grade? And you move on to another grade? In August you're going to another grade this month? Yeah, yeah. Now mothers, how many people did you tell that your children went from one grade to the next? now. Come on now. Come on now. You were so proud, right? Yeah, you were so proud. You say, oh, what's her name? (laughs) She went all A's. (laughs) The last time that your husband got a promotion, the last time that your wife did something great in the house for you, or in the community, or in her work, that she got promoted. How many people did you tell? Yeah. Holy gossip. (laughs) You tell her, now, when you were at work, the people that were having lunch with you and the people that worked next to you, did you tell them, my daughter just finished sixth grade and is moving to the seventh grade? Or my, my husband just got a promotion. And my, that's part of the conversation. It's part of the conversation. You know where I'm going with this? When you had an encounter with God last Sunday, here in this place, when you worshiped your God here in this place, you actually felt him in your life. Moving you. The next Monday, when you were having lunch with that person that is an unbeliever, did you tell them, I just met God yesterday in my church and I had a blessing? (laughs) Did you? Did you tell that student next to you in the break, Or when you were going from one class to the next. Wow. Yesterday I was blessed. God did a job on me. He transformed my life. Did you? Did you tell him? That would be holy gossip. Tell him. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to proclaim these people, this woman comes to life. Everyone, everyone heard about it. When God moves in faith, dome of fellowship, when you feel his presence here, when we, he starts changing your life, transforming your life, people need to know because they need their life to be transformed. They need their life to be transformed. Oh, we are not talking about church growth. Forget about church growth. We don't do it this to grow a church. You know what we do in this? For people to be rescued from hell into the heaven, into a relationship with God through Christ. a life blessed by God and encouraged by the Holy Spirit is marked by productivity. That means that everything we do will be known. If nobody else says it, we say it. I'm proud of it. What God is doing in my life is good gossip that I need to proclaim, that I need to tell people. And lastly, you see, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a good preacher because I carry a a watch. I don't pay attention. (laughs) I don't pay attention to the watch, but I carry one and put it here. So you think that I'm going to finish on time. (laughs) A life blessed by God is a life marked by flexibility. Marked by flexibility. Look at, at verse 43. I'm running out of verses here. Where are we? 43. Okay. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. <laughs> now, you read that, what does that tell you? Why, why was it so important that Luke would put that statement there? That Peter stayed with the Christians there and would you believe that stay in the home of a tanner? Now, we already learned what a cobbler is, right? Guys, what is a cobbler? A shoe, a shoe repair guy, right? A cobbler is a shoe repairman. Now, what is a tanner? Do we have any tanners here? Huh? Yeah, it's a guy that stuffs animals and that deals with leather. In order to deal with leather and process leather, He deals with dead stuff. Do you hear what I'm saying? He had to take it out of the carcass. I mean, he had to really work with dead animals. Now, do you know what that means to a Jewish boy that was born and raised in a Jewish family going to the synagogue? When he started talking about a tanner. Tanners were outcast. Tanners were not uh, accepted in the synagogue. I mean, they were looked at as dirty. Out there. Now we have Peter. Staying with a guy. That happens to be a tanner. You know what that means? That means that he would have to get up every morning and smell that, uh, those leather in the process of being dried. I don't know if you have smelled that before in your life, but I have. He stinks. <laughs> but not only he stinks, for his soul, because of the way that he was brought up, that was devastating. And he stayed for a few days. Not one day. He doesn't say one day. For a few days. That was preparing him. Because up to this point. He had a little thing. Some prejudices that he had. Prejudices with Gentiles. You see. He wanted to deal with just the Jews because they were clean. He didn't want to deal with them, other people. You know what I'm saying? Hello. If you look at, I wish I had another half hour. (laughs) Chapter 10. Chapter 10. What it tells is that he got hungry. He went up to the second part of the house at the rooftop. He was sleeping there. He got a vision. An ecstasy, a vision. That when he looked up, he saw this, in Spanish it's lienzo. In English it would be a sheet. And it was full of animals, four-legged animals, birds, serpents, and all that stuff. And he was hungry. And he heard a voice that said, Kill and eat. Three times that happened. And he said, how can I? I never eat anything unclean. He never have eaten anything unclean. But in chapter 9, he was in a house of an unclean person dealing with unclean leather. Hello. Now the Lord is revealing to him that what God cleans, don't you call it unclean? Which means to us today. And I love Faith Dome of Fellowship because when I look around, I see a kaleidoscope. You know what that is? Kaleidoscope. 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 The one that you look through and you see all colors. Praise God! Look around. When we are in heaven, that's what it's going to look like. This is it. Get used to it. Get used to it. In the last six months, I've been preaching in, in, in churches that is all black, all Hispanic, all white, all Chinese, all Korean. Here I'm preaching to the church of God. You are a blessing, you are a blessing to me. God blesses the, the life that is flexible. Flexible because we have learned that the creatures of God, the ones that he created, are created with a purpose. And the purpose is to have a relationship with him through Christ. Now, most of us here have gone through a process of realizing that we are sinners and that we needed a Savior. And we say yes to the Savior. Some of you may not. Today you have that opportunity. Today you can say to him, come into my life. Change my life. Transform my life. I recognize that I need a Savior. And I'm going to tell you with open arms. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear his voice, open the door of your heart. He'll come in. And he'll be with you. My, I'd like to encourage you today to make a decision for him not only to be a member of a church just make this personal. Establish a relationship with God through Christ. Recognizing that Christ died on the cross for you. He will transform your life in moments of crisis because you will have some. He'll be with you. In difficult times, He'll be with you but whenever you celebrate he'll be with you let us all stand now I'm going to ask because today the Lord has talked to the people in this church to the members and you probably realize when well, there is something I ought to be doing and I'm not I'm going to have to seek to see what it is that he wants me to do I'm going to ask the, the pastors of the church to come forward right here just spread yourselves out here please yes pastor. Now, if you're seeking God's will, you want to be blessed, you want to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Right now, it may not be that, that you know exactly what you need to do. I just want you to come forward. Pray with one of these. They will pray with you. They will give you a hint as to the needs that you may have, and it might be someone here that today you're saying, I want to receive the Lord as my Lord and Savior. Today, today is the day of salvation. There is no coincidence that you're here, He's talking to your heart. Don't harden your heart, open your heart. Let Him come in. Let Him come on. Come on, we don't have much time. Come on. We want to pray with you. Now it may be that someone else, someone else, yes, it could be that you have already received the Lord, but you have not been baptized yet. And today you're going to make that decision. Today you're going to say, yes, I'm going to identify with Christ's church. I'm going to identify with Jesus's church, where he is the head. I'm going to do it by baptism. That's how I identify with them. Or it could be that you're a Christian. You're already baptized. But you don't have a church. You're looking for a place of service. The Lord has touched your heart today. He wants you to work here. (laughs) He wants you to work here. He wants you to become a member of this church. Make that decision today. Come on. We want to pray with you. Anyone? Come on. Praise God.